Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Across the UK, online and on DAB, the independent republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. The Big Chief with a badge, a cattle prod and a head on a stick. Dangerous mid-morning debate with the great dictator. The independent republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Good morning, welcome to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here on Talk Radio. If there's one thing you can guarantee in this day and age, it is that the government can't get anything right. The railways are failing, the water companies are profiting from our misery, and now the Tories are about to hand over hundreds of millions of pounds to two private firms to carry out more disability benefit tests for two more years. The much-hated and controversial Atos and Capita companies will cash in on the decision despite their inability to get it right, judging people fit for work when they're clearly not and letting others off the hook when they clearly should be working. Is there any greater indication of why outsourcing everything is such a bad idea? I'll be asking Katie Perrier, who makes a tremendous and uh, terrific return uh, here to the Independent Republic. 0344 499 1000. Meanwhile, over on the Labour benches, they've made a decision on Brexit and they want as soft a deal as possible. Apparently, Jeremy Corbyn says it will unite the party, but will it? Really? 0344 499 1000. Later on, we'll be talking salad cream, Dennis Rodman, and why Katie needs to apologise to me yet again over the Korea summit and Donald Trump. You're listening to me, Mike Graham, and Katie Perrier on Talk Radio. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Now, we were talking, Katie, uh, to Julia Hartley Brewer this morning. She was on from 6.30 on the No Nonsense Breakfast, of course. She tried to eat baked beans and salad cream, which sounds revolting. Enough to make you buff, if you don't mind. It really using does. American, I mean, I uh, love phrase. baked beans and I love salad cream, yeah. but together, no. Absolutely not. But in what could possibly be one of the greatest PR stunts of all time, Heinz have come out and said, we're thinking of uh, changing the name of salad cream to sandwich cream. Now, they've already got sandwich spread, haven't they? Yes. So why would they do that? I just don't know. That you think this... it's a PR stunt, I think right? it is a PR stunt, and it's working because we're talking about it. Yeah. And uh, they, they talked about it on breakfast, and we'll probably be talking about it all day here on Talk Radio. Let's talk to Amanda Ursel as a nutritionist at The Sun. Amanda, very good morning to you. Hello, how are you? I'm very well indeed. Is it uh, a massive publicity stunt? Are we all falling for it? I have to say I think it's quite a good idea because I think people do tend to use, I don't know, things like French dressing, vinegars, you know. I don't think we do sort of splodge salad cream on our salads really very much anymore. So what what I do like about it is the fact that if you were to use salad cream instead of, say, butter or marge, you'd be reducing your calories and reducing your saturated fat quite a lot by doing that. And I think I I get the impression that's what some supermarkets are doing to get the calories of their sandwiches down anyway. So I think it's probably, yeah, obviously it's good publicity, but I think there's some sense to it. And certainly nutritionally, I think it's a good idea because these days, you know, all the different brands of salads, creams have got the standard ones, which have got about 29 calories for 10 grams, which is what you'd need to spread on two slices of bread. Right. And then you've got the lower calorie ones, which are about 14. You compare that to butter, which is 74 calories for 10 grams. And, yeah. you know, you're saving quite a lot and you're saving saturated fat as well. So I can kind of get it. Yeah. And, and it's, taste, it's tasty. So it sort of works. Well, it is, yeah. I mean, my, my favourite thing to do with it is to have it with, um, with, um, uh, with smoked mackerel. 
um, which Ooh, either with smoke mackerel. Sounds mackle, quite posh, doesn't it? It actually sounds lovely. Yeah, it's the only it's thing I expensive. like it with. It's not expensive. Smoke mackerel's not expensive, is it? cheap. Yeah, you yeah. buy it, buy it, you know, chuck, chuck a few bits of spinach in with it and make yeah, a smoked mackerel uh, salad with salad cream. It's fantastic. This is a class war. I mean, I know that everybody, not everybody <laughs> agrees with me on this, but when I'm kind of prancing around Westminster and I'm in various different nice restaurants or I'm, you know, in the canteen in the House of Commons and a couple of times I've said, oh, have they got any salad cream? People look at me like I'm an alien. Because, Do they? Yes, yeah. because but it's they a class know. war. But it's, they shouldn't. It's a class war on salad cream. Salad cream is the stuff of the working classes. Yeah, but you see, this, don't you think there's a, a kind of a, a reverse snobbery as well going on here, Amanda? Because there's an awful lot of people, it seems to me at the moment, pretending to be from the working classes. And, and what saying, are you trying to say about me? I'm not saying that you're pretending because okay. everyone can tell you're working oh, class. Oh, charming. That's not a problem. <laughs> I'm talking about the people who work right, right for The Guardian. Oh, I see. And, you're talking about Grace Dent. Uh, Grace Dent's one. Uh, the other one's Caitlin Moran. Uh, from the Times, who's always going on about how working class she is, despite the fact she lives in a million pound house in Islington. She was working class. Yeah, yeah, but so what? I don't care about what class you come from or whether you eat salad cream. And I don't think salad cream denotes you as a working class person. I'm reclaiming it for the middle classes. How about that, Amanda? I, do you know what? Just nutritionally, that's all I can speak from. I think it's a cracking idea because you can reduce your calories by about 50 per sandwich. Why wouldn't you? That's my view. And would you eat uh, salad, uh, bread and just salad cream then, like you, like you would eat bread and butter? Well, I love salad cream, so um, maybe I would, yeah. yeah. I hadn't, okay. I've actually thought of that, put it on toast in the morning. I, yeah, but I don't think you get me away from peanut butter. I love peanut butter. <laughs> oh, no. It's quite, sort of, uh, it's quite sweet, though, isn't it, Heinz salad cream? Is that not going to be, I mean, not something that's not so good for you? It's, do you know what? You're using a very small amount of it, so yeah. overall the calorie saving is, is, you know, is the thing that I would look at because you're saving enough calories to make it worthwhile. So, and I, and I, and I do think it's quite, personally, I think it's quite tasty. So, okay. if I was making an egg salad sandwich or oh, yeah. a ham salad, ham salad, ham, sandwich, any of those, it works. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it works. Do you know, yeah, I, we, were we were talking about this. We were talking about this earlier, and uh, I don't know whether you're, you're probably not old enough to remember, and I don't even know if it's still around. But there was a thing called Heinz vegetable salad. Which came in a tin, and um, I do. My it, grandma used to use. Yeah, there you go. It was the kind of thing it, yeah. your grandma would have in the larder. Have potato and carrots. In case, yeah. of, in case of war. Yeah, in case there was a nuclear war or something. Yeah, but do they still make? I used to love that stuff. I don't know, but she did. She used to have that. We used to have tea with her on a Sunday, and she had celery, <laughs> which you dunked in salt, and you had that stuff. Right, and celery and salt. I remember that. It? Yeah, beetroot. Those were the days. <laughs> that was when you know the biggest supermarket was about the size of a Tesco Metro. You know, and you, that, right. that was you know, yeah. you'd be sort of staggering about and bumping into people. My grandmother's yeah. salads were always kind of three things on a plate, and that was it. Right, and we'd all laugh, at, you know, as we got older that that was her mm. kind of idea of a salad. Yeah. But a whole tomato, a whole tomato, whole just tomato. put on a plate. <laughs> but she was the lover of salad cream and cheese, cucumber, and salad cream sandwiches. You can't beat it; mm. they are oh, the best. Yeah. yeah, there you are. You see, salad cream. Yeah. What was it? Cucumber, cheese, cucumber, salad, salad cream. Yeah. Cheese has got to be grated. So we've already got two ideas for what to do with salad cream. Maybe we should ask for some more. Amanda, listen, thank you very much indeed uh, for that. Amanda Ursel, nutritionist at The Sun, big salad cream fan. Good. See, I, I, I don't buy this whole, you know, class warfare thing about salad cream because I would never um, say to anybody... I mean, you might, you might as you well You wouldn't say, because you're not a snob. No, exactly. But I mean... But there's snobby people, certainly, in my circle of friends, that look down on me for ordering salad well, cream. Well, you know, Sir Vince Cable was on uh, The Breakfast Show uh, earlier today and uh, Julia asked him about the salad cream and he didn't seem to know what it was. <laughs> Seriously. See, that says it, it all. almost like, sounded to me like he had no idea what she was talking about and he said something like, isn't that uh, mayonnaise? That says it all. You know? Yeah. But what May- is wrong with these people? 
Yeah, it's because they. You, these are the people that run the country, right? And this is why well, we're no, in such actually, trouble. To be fair, Vince Cable never well, ran Well, he anything. had a go at it for a, a bath, while. Though. A bath, maybe. He had a go at it for a while yeah. during the old coalition days. Well, they tried to do a bit of that, yes. And he now claims, of course, that everything good that happened during that time uh, was down to him. Oh, I love that. Isn't that great? The blame game. Yeah. Everything's good down to us, everything bad down to yeah, them. Yeah, we the stopped other side, the Tories exactly from the being too extreme in the right wing as we're the, the good old Lib Dems. But, you know, he said. He just sounded completely befuddled by the whole idea of this salad cream stuff. Better, though, than someone that makes out that they are a massive salad cream lover. You know, do you remember the politicians that make out they're like down with the Foo Fighters? No, no, yeah, like, Arctic yeah, like Monkeys. I'm an Aston Villa fan. Yeah, uh, West Ham fan. I mean, I don't know this. Same colour, yeah. aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Or is it Burnley? Yeah, they exactly. They all play Claret and They Blue. all try that one on. And I think that my advice whenever I'm kind of working for a politician is, my God, do not make out you're something you're not. No. And that's why, although I can't stand him, I do have respect for Jacob Rees-Mogg because yeah. he doesn't make out to be anything that he isn't. No, he doesn't. Absolutely right. And, and I think genuineness is, is very much a, a sought after for, 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 for every politician and for, and for anyone at all generally. Yeah. I just I don't like people who pretend to I me mean, because there's plenty of people in this business who pretend to be something they're not as well. I sit in my office and they go on and on and on about some new band or whatever. And I go, do you know what? You are making me feel really old. Yeah. I haven't got a clue what you're talking about. Right. But... I cannot be bothered to Google it either, so mm. I'm just going to carry on in my own little world, not mm. knowing what the hell you're going on about. I'm probably one of the only people that has never, ever watched Love Island, and I'm not about to now. Well, I'm afraid I did watch it, but only for the purposes of this radio show. Would you show. watch it again? No. I watched it like, the first night it was on, because we talked about it on the show yesterday. I thought it was the worst television I'd ever seen in my life, and I've seen some pretty bad television. I've got producers saying, well, you're going to have to watch it. I want to pay rise yeah. before I go watch that stuff. Yeah, you should have to. Don't do it on your own time. <laughs> I mean, you know, just unbelievable. Yeah, I'm going to build the station for the hour I'm going to watch it. I mean, you can literally feel your brains being sucked out of your head. It can't be good for you. It It can't can't be good for you. No, it really can't. But, I mean, the other thing is, it's like all these people on Twitter who are constantly rowing with me about stuff, you know, all these kind of, you know, followers of Count, uh, what's his name, Dankula, uh, followers of uh, that guy, Faroom, what's his name? Don't give him any publicity, I don't know. They're all idiots. Anyway. They're all the same. They're yep. all gamers, right? They all have this kind of weird uh, uh, sort of way of talking. They have this weird way of thinking. And they're all kind of thinking the same way, all of them. And they all talk about individuality. But in fact, they are all, you know, stuck in some kind of time warp of their own making, which makes no sense to anybody outside of it. Yeah, I don't really need them to go into our world. They can stay into their world. That's I think they should me. stay in their world. Absolutely right. Here's one from Patrick who says on the benefits front, he said there is a free benefits helpline number that you can call and they will tell you what you're entitled to. Also, they won't take any benefits off you and it's a free call, Mike. Unfortunately, I can't find it at the moment, but it would be great if you could tweet it out. Well, if you've got the number, uh, I will certainly tweet it out. Donovan says, baked beans and salad cream, yuck. Salad cream, personally, only ever on cheese and lettuce sandwiches. Oh, that sounds nice. Yeah. Cheese and lettuce and sandwiches. I'll, t- I'll take that. I don't think I've ever had it with cheese. No, it's the best. Cheese and egg. Really? Not together. Not together. That's a horrible combination. But cheese or egg, salad cream makes the dish. Somebody's told me that Heinz vegetable salad was discontinued in 2011. I'm going to try and find a can for you. That yeah. is my new mission. I'm going to phone Heinz and say, can you make a can specially for Mr. Graham? Yes. I, or preferably a vat, actually. And <laughs> it then looks I could, disgusting, by the I way. Don't think Anything that's got peas and mayo peas together. And square carrots. That's just wrong. Well, also, the great thing about it is, I don't think it ever goes off. You know, it's like that sort of nucleus, uh, nuclear winter type stuff in a tin. You can eat it forever. It doesn't, yeah. have, it doesn't have, have to sell by date. Yeah. Because it's just preserved forever in some kind of horrible stuff. Yeah, that's not, that can't be good for your arteries, well, mate. Well, I can't be, but, you know, who it cares? Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Just make a little correction. I've got a text here from uh, Matt, who says, I'm not sure... Maureen Lippman has died. Uh, and in fact, she hasn't just died. Uh, so I apologise for saying that I thought she was dead. I don't know why I thought that. No, no, it was because she was ill on stage. She was ill on stage, wasn't she, a while, a, a while ago. Kind of, 
mixed into that. But no, you were, we were quite clear afterwards when we went to the advert break. You said to me, I don't think Maureen Letterman's dead, is no. she? And I said, no. I don't think so she is. So quite rightly think, corrected on it. Yeah, I think I was confused by the tweet that I read, which I think had said it as well. Oh, so maybe that was what it was. Anyway, I apologise for that. Sorry. Very glad to hear she's very well, much alive she's and well. Fine. well as fact, she's fine. In I think not, she's written a piece in Spectator As long month. as she's not trying to get anywhere in the north of England by train, she'll be absolutely oh, fine Oh, my God, those poor people. I know. Can you believe it? We're going to talk to Bill Jacobs now, who's a local government reporter at Lancashire Telegraph, because the Northern Rail are making a complete and utter hash. We've just seen this morning that they're cancelling another 150 trains, I think it is, in order to somehow streamline the network. Bill, um, a very good morning to you, but it's Hi, not a very Bill. good morning if you're trying to get around up there. It's an absolutely dreadful morning if you're trying to get around up here by train. Yeah. You don't know if your train's supposed to be running. Um, and even if it's supposed to be, you don't know whether it will run or whether it'll actually run on anything like time. I mean, who on earth comes up with the logic that if you cancel the trains, it will somehow help the situation? Um, we're trying to work out who comes up with any logic about <laughs> Northern. I mean, they seem to come up with a logic if we introduce a new timetable with lots and lots of new trains, but we don't actually have any drivers, mm. everything will get better. Right. And... I was talking to a member of Transport for the North just a few minutes ago right. who was saying, you know, they keep promising it's a golden age of rail, but we can't see see it. We can't see any corner being turned, and we just wonder who allowed them to introduce a new timetable, which they clearly couldn't deliver. No. Well, we've had a similar problem down south with Southeastern and with Southern uh, who introduced new timetables. But, but one of the accusations at the moment going on uh, is that because you're suffering this in the north of England and in and Northern Rail in particular is the company concerned, it's not getting the attention that it should be getting from the government because it's not in London. Well, yeah, I mean, that, that's always been the complaint. I mean, I started my career in Burnley, not far from Blackburn, mm. and spent a lot of time travelling on the line um, from Preston to Blackburn to Burnley 40 years ago. And to be honest, the service is no better. <laughs> and nobody seems to really care about what happens to trains up here. And it's... perhaps the only good thing may be that finally somebody down south will have to care. Yes, exactly. I mean, is there now a, a sort of... I see there's a, a petition that's been signed demanding government action to, to fix this kind of particularly chaotic moment in time. But is there also a growing thirst, do you think, for, national, for renationalisation of, of at least part of the railway system? Uh, there's a growing thirst for something to be done. And when um, the current franchise holder took over Northern, they promised the earth. They promised to get rid of pacer trains, which, for those of you who don't know, are 30-year-old coach bodies on bogies. They're still running. Um, you know, the franchise system has failed to work. So, yeah, I think people would say, well, let's see if the government can do it any better directly. Yeah, and you must know people personally, Bill, who are, st who, who are suffering here, not, not just because they can't get to work on time, but they're missing maybe appointments at hospitals with doctors, they're not getting to school on time. I mean, it must be really creating a lot of havoc. Oh, well, it's absolutely creating havoc. I mean, you know, there, there are people who are on bonuses who aren't getting their bonuses because they can't do their jobs. There are people leaving home an hour and a half early to get in roughly on time. And, of course, there are people, you know, getting in their cars and clogging up the roads as well. Yeah, right. People are just fed up. And what's, I mean, what's the short-term sort of view? I mean, would you, I mean, you've just said more or less you don't really know whether there's going to be trains when you turn up. I mean, is that the case tomorrow, for example? As far as I'm aware, yeah. That's amazing, um, isn't it? Yeah. 
Do you think, do you not think that the, if this is happening in London, this was happening with Southern, this was happening uh, with the trains, the very trains that ministers get on on a daily basis, there would be uproar. But because it's so many, many, many miles away, it's just not resonating with people in a way that it should be. Um, I'm not sure it's resonating with government, although we have tackled the Northern Powerhouse Minister, Jake Berry, who has a constituent up here to say, you know, what are you going to get Chris Grayling to do about this? Well, perhaps he can cancel uh, another meeting because he cancelled one uh, yesterday, didn't he? Yeah. Um, but the irony. The is, I mean, where it will resonate, it may not resonate with ministers and civil servants in the centre where it's a long way away, we can forget about it. It will resonate with anybody who tries to commute in and out of London who will just think, yeah, we know exactly what you mean. You know, it, it appears to be a nationwide problem affecting mm. any number of operators. And that certainly raises the question, you know, is the current system of running the railways broken? Well, you'd have to wonder that, wouldn't you? Well, good luck with it all. Uh, and, uh, Bill, if there's any... Did, did you need other people to sign this petition uh, at the moment or uh, have you got enough signatories now? The more people that sign it, the better. Well, do you want to send, uh, give us a, a link as to where we can see it? Uh, I'm afraid to say uh, I'm a very old hack, so I can't <laughs> give you a, a link as such, but I'm sure you can find it under something like Northern Rail Misery or Lancashire Telegraph newspaper. OK, great. They'll Bill. find it. Don't worry, Bill. We Good will. luck. Thank you very if much. If you see a government minister, tell them to do something. We will. I'll get uh, Katie on the case right away uh, and get her to uh, be ringing around. I didn't even know we had a Northern Powerhouse we minister, do. to be honest. We do. That, that, oh, don't worry. That was a massive row within government because... George Osborne was a big supporter of the Northern Powerhouse when uh, it was his kind of concept. When Theresa May came in, she, her advisors wanted to scrap it. We then sent an edict around the whole of government to say, scrap any reference to the Northern Powerhouse. House. And then Theresa May said, well, I never agreed to scrap it. And then we brought it back in again. So that just goes to show you, that is a typical day of in the thick of it style government. And what does Jake Berry actually do? do as far as the... Northern powerhouse scenario well, is concerned. Well, he's meant to be standing up for the northern cities, their interests, things like HS2, things like, you know, good railway connections, uh, job opportunities, uh, you know, equality amongst all different parts of the country. He's meant to be, you know, vocal in support of them. And Well, do you want to know what's on his Twitter account? Go on. Uh, his, uh, his top tweet, It's great to meet with the British Red Cross today and learn more about the Community Reserve Volunteer Programme. Presumably he didn't go by train. Uh, second item, delighted that the Governor of the Bank of England, Mark Carney, is speaking uh, at the Get North Summit in July. He will be an invaluable See? voice in discussion tweet. of how we're ensuring a northern powerhouse is creating a northern economy fit for the future. That was five days ago. That, that's right? a pretty, that, but he should be tweeting about the trains, He's most not, certainly. It's nothing on the train. Uh, he should be saying that I'm going to see Chris Grayling because the irony, I know that I just dropped into to the conversation earlier, but the irony that Chris Grayling... The minister responsible for the trains, the transport minister. Yeah, tell us about this meeting. Yeah, that he he uh, organised to me. He's basically said, if you're an MP and you're getting some complaints from constituents, come and see me between I don't know twelve and five, right. uh, you know, or twelve and three tomorrow. I um, have a drop-in surgery. Book a time with my secretary and come and talk to me about your individual area so that I can sort it. He had no idea. He, had, he could not anticipate the amount of MPs that were queuing up to see him. Yeah. He had to cancel because... Well, there were too many of them. Too many. Well, couldn't, fire risk. Couldn't, couldn't cope with well, them. Well, why couldn't he just see the first half of them and then say, look, we'll have another one tomorrow? Couldn't cope with them, so he cancelled. So the irony that the bloke that is trying to sort out the cancelled trains cancelled the meetings yeah. about the trains. That's incredible. And I just, I mean, you know, you shouldn't be laughing because this is really a bad, it's bad chaotic situation. It's chaotic though, isn't it? You know, if people start to, you know, how long is this going to go on for? If, if employers start to say to their employees... You're not getting to work on time. 
you are now not performing. You need to you know, buck up your ideas and step up. And they, they can't get an early train because they've got to sort out their childcare. They've got to do various different things. You know, this really does impact people's lives. Of I don't think politicians really understand. Well, like Bill says, you know, there are people whose uh, money and, and income depends on bonuses that they need to get. And in order to get those bonuses, they need to get to work, to be able to work, to hit the targets that get them the bonus that keeps their family fed and, and, and clothed. And I tell you what, general election is four years away, although it might be earlier, but it's currently scheduled four years away. Yeah. I tell you something for nothing. Mm. These people ain't never going to vote Tory again. No, Because really why aren't. would you, you know, they will have well, memories. Well, I'll tell you what, if they're not going to vote of, Labour... Uh, either. Who are they going to vote for? Well, the problem is, okay, the only thing the Conservatives have got going for them in terms of toxic brand and, mm. and you know, standing is currently that they are competent. Yes. They're competent compared is to the, the Labour lot, right? And if you compare mm. the fact that your brand is that you're competent and then you have to turn up every day to watch this shower, yeah. um, then quite frankly, that just you know, falls apart at the seams. Yeah. So I'd be very I don't worried think that the you first cannot... word that comes into my head when I want... Somebody said, please describe the Tory government in one word. It wouldn't be competent. No, but, you know, if you if you ask them and dug <laughs> down into, you know, what they believed in terms of long Tory, Tory principles, yeah. managing the economy, things like that, they consider to be yeah. better able at that mm -hmm. than the Labour equivalent. And that's why people voted a certain way. Yes. That is definitely not happening anymore. Well, and these people will be thinking, well, you can't do anything and you certainly can't run the, the trains on top. By the way, Peter Hendy, who used to run the trains in London, yeah. is now running the whole of Network Rail and he's on about 600 grand, I yeah. think. And he but needs to come to Parliament and answer well, that's one of the exactly biggest why he's in this position. Is that the railway companies all say, well, it's not our fault because we don't own the railway. You know, we only run the trains on the railway. We only, um, you know, have the franchise. And so they all blame each and other. And you know what? That argument, gets done. that argument plays into Jeremy Corbyn's hands. Yep. Because when he starts saying, I want to renationalise the railways, yeah, yeah. and renationalise this, that and the other, you start to say, well, hold on a minute. You've got a point there, which yeah. I don't believe is true. I think it would be awful to renationalise some of these well, I'm not so uh, sure. uh, industries. But... You play it into his hands when you say, nothing to do with me, Gov. Mm, you don't exactly run them. Right. There's another nice picture of Jake Berry on his Instagram uh, where he's standing in what looks like a sort of open field. Not so grim up north is the caption. Well, I'll tell you what, Jake, it is pretty grim up north and you should probably get up there and sort it out and you should start tweeting about what you're going to do to fix the trains instead of banging on about the Red Cross, OK? Uh, but Jamie Oliver, another Jamie, uh, has found himself in the news because he's been talking about banning junk food ads from uh, TV and radio. And in fact, Channel 4 have hit back and said, basically, uh, if we ban all junk food ads, it's going to cost us about 200 million quid. And we can't and pay we, you anymore. And we won't have any money to do your rubbish shows. So let's talk to Steve Miller, who's the director of Fat Gnosis, about all of this, because the big question is, does it actually mean you can stop people eating junk food by not advertising it? Steve, very good afternoon to you. Hi, Steve. How are you doing? Good to see good to speak to you. Yeah, I mean, well, this is all a bit sort of antediluvian, isn't it, to make out that basically if you ban something on television, nobody's going to eat it anymore. Well, I think it's codswallop. And what I do think, I, I, I've got to be honest, I think there's more chance of me coming down your chimney on Christmas Eve <laughs> than there is. Uh, junk food advertising bans stopping kids eating junk. You know, walk down the high street, there's lots of, uh, of advertisements for, you know, whether it's on the shop window or it's on billboards, whatever, yeah. for junk food. I think, uh, I don't think it'll make much difference. I think what we should be doing, and we don't do because we're all a bit too PC, is we should be putting out the message. And don't get me wrong, there are some brilliant parents out there who do a great job with their kids but actually parent power is the answer and it's down to the parents really to start um 
well, being the role models for themselves, but also then educating their kids. Because what we seem to do in our nation now is we just blame everybody else. Now it's the advertisers we're blaming um, for, for, um, for the reason why we're fat. I agree with you, fat, Steve, what? in terms of the fact that advertising, I don't think it's going to make any difference at all. We do have a problem as a nation, though. We do have a problem with pressures on things like the NHS. The thing is, though, is we're giving our children treats that are meant to be treats, but yet we're giving them to them every day and sometimes twice a day. And sometimes we, we know the difference between a treat and then we know the difference between something that we think is healthy, but those things we think are healthy may not be as healthy, healthy as we thought. Isn't it time to look at other things such as proper labelling that might make, actually make a difference? Yes, I agree with you. But what we do, you see, is we have complicated it because... You know, the average person that walks around the supermarket that looks at the nutrition labels hasn't a clue what it's all talking about. I mean, in the, the, the font is so small anyway. People just don't really look at it. Having said that, having said that, and I'm probably one of the very few weight loss businesses that would say this, people know what to eat to be slim. The yep. majority of people know what they should eat to be slim. I tell you what it is. It's a, it's a lazy mindset and a lack of motivation. And until people start to own it and feel that, that, that kind of responsibility, we're going to get fatter and fatter. And, and banning this and banning that, it's, it's just not going to work. No, listen, I was very much in your corner, Steve, um, until relatively recently when um, you do look around. I mean, we, we talk a lot about, we were talking about salad cream earlier on today, which is a perfectly good thing to, 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 to use and, uh, you know, might be considered by some to be a bit of a junk foodie type thing. But, I mean, there is a problem for me nowadays when you go into a lot of these uh, supermarkets and shops and at the till they've got bags and bags and bags of chocolate and huge grab bags of crisps. And, and I mean, they're kind of, I know that we should all have uh, self-control and parents should teach their kids self-control and all of that but surely there might be something in kind of saying to shops look you don't have to be pushing this stuff like drugs all the time on everybody biggest you know, bars of chocolate you know bigger bags of crisps more drinks that they can shove down their throat you know there's an awful lot of it kind of coming at you as it were well i mean the most a lot of the supermarkets actually have taken action on that and they have removed a lot of the um so you know the chocolate and mm. the, all that sort of stuff at the tills they've actually moved it but, you know, at the end of the day, they're going to put it at the end of an aisle, probably. Yeah, so when yeah. the trolley goes past, you'll see it. But listen, I don't want a nation that blames all the time. Mm. You know, what? We're, so we're, first it's the advertising, now it's the supermarkets, now it's the manufacturers. We've got to start looking at ourselves and owning it. And do you know what? Can I be really honest with you? If... People have before people have children, they should realise that they will be responsible for that child's health, not the state. No, you know, don't blame everybody. Yes, support people. I'm all for that. But at the end of the day, if I decide to have a child, I am responsible for that child's health. Steve, they're not doing that though. Their, That's their exactly obesity. right. I completely agree with you. But they're not doing that. They are not taking responsibility for their own children's health. And we see fat kids all the time walking around with bags of crisps. I see kids on the bus sometimes eating chocolate Swiss roll for breakfast. Mm. Yes, and I think what happens, of course, is, you know, people say to me, oh, but you can't stop children going in a shop in the morning and buying fizzy drinks and God knows what. Look, where do they get the money from? They get it from the parents. If it was me 
if it was me in charge, I would have a big marketing campaign, for example, that, you know, that actually tells the truth, that says, if your child is too fat, they are on death row. Now, that is strong. I know that. But I care. And that's why I'm saying it. Do you think we need because, to shame parents? Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. Because the late, one of the latest reports says that the poor kids born today may not live as long as their parents because of obesity. So we've got to take radical action. And I know what you're going to say, is that, is that shaming the parents into it? I, I, do you know what? I, I couldn't care less what we call it, as long as we save the lives of these kids. And if it takes shock tactics, I'm all for it. And what I was going to say, actually, that shame, shaming people is sometimes a good thing. For example, it's only by shaming them not to use their mobile phone while driving that people have stopped doing it because have we they? have the power. Yes, they have. I think a lot oh, of you know, the way you speak to I lean out the window and shout at them and say, stop driving with your mobile phone. I can only have that power now because it's a shameful thing to do. So do we not do need to what? get to a situation where we are shaming other people saying, why on earth is that kid eating all that rubbish? Do you know what? You are the first radio presenter to ever have spoken sense to me. You're absolutely You've obviously right. not spoken to me before, Steve. <laughs> oh, I adore you, my darling. <laughs> but listen, um, you're, you're absolutely right. We've got to get over all this, you know, all your fat shaming. I mean, poor old cancer research. Just because they were saying, be careful, because obesity is the second reason why people die of cancer. And some somebody, whoever it was, claiming it was faint fat shaming. We've got to get out of it, over it. And I think your comparison to mobile phones is brilliant. And it's something I thought about in the past. It's exactly the same. So, you know, whatever fat shaming is, I don't care what label we call it, we've got to use stronger but supportive measures that make people think before they eat. Absolutely right. Steve, unfortunately, we're out of time. It's delightful to talk to you. We must have you back on to explore this further. Thank you very much indeed. Across the UK, online and on DAB, the independent republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. If you enjoyed that, be sure to catch the whole show 10 to 1, Monday to Friday on Talk Radio, via DAB, online or via the Talk Radio app. If you have an opinion on the stories we cover, we'd love to hear from you. Call us 0344 499 1000 or tweet at Talk Radio during the show to have your say. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio.